So I always like to kind of look at what I just, you know, studied for myself and then try to put it into like a statement or in a sentence. Like uh, last Sunday, uh, focus on the yoke. That just was a statement that just hung with me all week long. Focus on the yoke. And for us as that we're here last Sunday morning, that was that's the Holy Spirit. The yoke of Christ is a spirit. And so all week long, that statement, that that theme just rung in my ears. Focus on the yoke, focus on the yoke. And it helped me. So tonight, let me try to just summarize what I'm going to say in just a, a statement. It's this. You can't do much for God until you acknowledge his love and favor in your life. You can't do much of anything for God until you acknowledge his love for you and his favor in your life. So what, what that's saying is you can go around the rest of your life. I don't deserve it. I'm not good enough. I failed. I'm, I'm a lame person. I've been done bad things. Or maybe you say bad things have been done to me. I'll never amount to anything. You, with that attitude, you will never amount to anything in the kingdom of heaven. You can't do that. You've got to get to the place where you get past yourself and you say, I'm loved of God. I have the favor of God in my life. His grace is sufficient for me. And I used to hear that, that uh, verse being quoted, his grace is sufficient for me. And it never meant that much to me. I hate to admit it. Never meant that much to me until I heard a different uh, translation of the Bible say, his grace is all you need. His grace is all you need. And all of a sudden, it just meant something to me far, far deeper. And what that means is, you know, I don't need money. I don't need, you know, uh, <coughs> compliments. I don't need encouragement. I don't need anything. All I need is the grace of God. If I have the grace of God, it's enough to make me flourish and thrive anywhere that I go. Look at Joseph. He flourished and thrived as a servant in a foreign country. He flourished and thrived as, as he kind of got promoted in his master's home. He flourished and thrived in the prison. He flourished and thrived when he was forgotten. And he flourished and thrived when he was, became the prime minister of Egypt. He flourished and thrived. His, God's grace was all that guy needed. That's all you need. If you have the grace of God, you can flourish and thrive anywhere you are. All right. So we've got to get to the place where we can look in the mirror and say, God loves you. God's favor is on your life. Something good is going to happen for you. And I'm not talking prosperity. I'm, I'm just talking believing that God has something good for you. He has plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And so you can't do much for God until you acknowledge his love. And this came to me now almost a year ago. If God's love is an ocean, I'm going to jump into it and I'm never getting out again. I am going to be loved of God. I'm going to acknowledge God's love for me. I'm going to be like that Apostle John that said, I'm the one that Jesus loves. I'm the disciple who Jesus loves. And no one can take that away from me. Amen? So, so as I was listening to Chaplain Lucetto last Sunday, he was talking about the kind of part of the Christmas story. And we're going to be in Luke 1 tonight. And uh, we, we look at this, uh, Luke 1, 26. And I'm going to do something kind of weird. I'm going to do... The second half of the story first, uh, and then the first part of the story second. So I'm flipping here, but we're going to look at Mary's side of things first. Uh, Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, 
God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to the town of Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Puny little old Mary, maybe 14, 15 years old, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger. I don't know. She was pretty young, though. Nothing special about her. As we heard from Chap Chaplain Lucero, she was in the smallest little town, nothing special. And you know what? The angel came to her and said, You're highly favored. And I'm telling you, God's looking at you and saying you're highly favored. Now, are you going to receive that or are you not going to receive that? Amen. Are you going to say, okay, if God says it, I'm good with that. I will receive that. I will accept it. And it's not by works. It's not by anything that you've done, not by anything that you haven't done. If God says you're favored, you're favored. And you just need to receive that. Let that get into your heart. And be comfortable with that and say, I, I know I don't deserve it. I'm going to stop saying I don't deserve it anymore. And I'm going to just take what God gives me. He's high, she was highly favored. And uh, that means, uh, and, and I read a commentary on this or a word study on this. This is really interesting. She was highly favored because she was receptive of God's grace. All right. We're all favored by God. And if you're a Christian, you're God's son, you're God's daughter, you're favored by God. But not all of us, listen to this, not all of us are highly favored. All of us are favored, but not all of us are highly favored. Now Daniel was standing there and the angel came to him as well and said, Daniel, you're highly esteemed. And because you're highly esteemed, I'm going to give you the message that God has been trying to give you for 20 some odd days but the enemy has been fighting you you're highly esteemed and here's what God wants to tell you and and I looked at that word highly esteemed in the Hebrew it actually means beloved <laughs> he said the angel came to him and said you are really loved by God you are really really loved by God and so why would some of us be favored and others of us be highly favored it's simply this you receive the favor of God he came to Mary and said, you're highly favored because your heart's open and you just went ahead and received the grace of God into your life. If you do that, you're highly favored. No more arguments, no more excuses, no more things. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. No, I'm just taking what God gives me. And so uh, Mary was highly favored. You can be highly favored tonight if you'll just receive the goodness of God in your heart. Tonight, you can walk out those doors highly favored of God by simply saying, I receive it, God. I just receive it, all right? And so, Mary, the story goes on in verse 29, the true story. <laughs> Mary goes on and she says in verse 20, she was greatly troubled by his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God so to be highly favored is it you need to find it it's hidden from sight most people don't recognize it most people don't see it but you need to find God's favor not finding it by proving yourself to God because the Bible says all you need to do is believe and you will be saved so you're not proving you're not going out and doing good works but it is something apparently that's somewhat hidden and needs to be discovered 
And so, again, the way you discover it is by just, oh, it's that simple. I just received God's favor. She found favor with God. In verse 31, he says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will have no end. I'll tell you, by then you're so overwhelmed by this message. I'm sure it, Mary was cross-eyed and confused. I mean, you're what? All of this is going to have. So not only in word was she highly favored, in truth, something good, something awesome was going to happen. And that comes with finding favor with God. You can start saying of tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be a good day. You know what? 2020 is going to be the best year of my life. Why? Because I'm highly favored. So it's not just lip service. I'm highly favored. No, things, good things are going to begin to happen from me and to me. Am I going to have troubles? Absolutely. Am I going to suffer? Absolutely. You know what? Those things come at, well, you know what? I'm walking above those things and I'm walking in the high favor of my God and no weapon forged against me is going to prosper and I'm going to refute every tongue that accuses me. That's the heritage of the servants of the Lord according to Isaiah 54. And so she's listened to all this. So it's not just lips or it, it's something good is going to happen to Mary. She says, how will this be? Now we realize when we compare and contrast what this says here versus what happens later on or actually before this with uh, Zechariah, she wasn't doubtful. She wasn't doubtful. She was just asking a legitimate question. How is this going to be? Can you ask God questions? Yes. Should you ask questions of God? Absolutely. Religion would tell you, don't ask any questions. The priest, the pastor, the bishop, whoever has all the answers, don't ask any questions. That's religion. Relationship allows for questions. I've asked God many questions, and I will continue to ask questions. Sometimes God answers my question in 30 seconds flat. I mean, it just comes to me. And I've found the more questions I ask, the better, because he's able to answer and establish the truth of God in my mind. The only way you can get truth is if you're curious, right? You need to be curious. You need to be interested. You need to be open. And so she asked, uh, asked the angel, how is this going to be? I'm, I'm still a virgin. So she understood this was going to be outside of her marital relationship with Joseph. And so uh, the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come on you. We were talking about that today. Isn't that wonderful? If the Holy Spirit, if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to come on you as a yoke, then you will be full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we talked about that this morning, but the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high God will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have child in her old age. She who was once said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month. Ah, you know what? Have you heard of something impossible? We've heard some impossibilities. It's been said of that, you David, but you know what? God has different plans. You know what? It's been said, some of the things that you've heard, the lies that have been whispered into your heart, you know what? Things are going to turn around for you. God is going to do something powerful. Robert's back might be hurting him, but God is going to heal him. You know what? It's been said, but what is the truth of God? 
What's actually going to happen? And so for listen to this, and we're going to pause. This is where we're going to pause here in verse 37. In some versions, it said, uh, says, for nothing is impossible with God. In the NIV, it says, for no word from God will ever fail. And this is what grabbed me this week. Man, stuck on this one, thinking about this, meditating, asking God, what, is, what does this mean? All right? So two, it, listen to this. I'm going to say them again. For no word from God will fail. Put that on this side. On this other side, for nothing is impossible with God. Those, to me, sound like two completely, entirely different statements. And I had trouble reconciling. How can one version of the Bible say this and another version of the Bible say this? What, what, what gives? And that's when you start asking the Holy Spirit, what does this mean, Holy Spirit? Can you show me? Can you enlighten me? And so as I looked at this, Let's look at, for nothing is impossible with God first, okay? The way one, I think maybe the King James Version says that one. But listen to this. The first interesting place to start is the, the word nothing. Another way you'd say nothing is no thing. No thing is impossible with God. Well, when you look at the Greek translation of no thing, it's, it's rhema. <laughs> it's crazy. I was shocked. The rhema, now rhema is, I've always seen it, is, it's translated as the word, the spoken, uttered word of God. But it's also the thing of God. <laughs> See, when God says, I, my word, he's also saying, my word is going to complete the thing that I'm speaking, all right? So to God, the same thing is speaking it as doing it. It makes no difference to God. The thing that his word is going to accomplish is the same thing as his word itself. So when God promises you something, it's the same thing as it happening, actually. No thing, no word of God is going to fail. No thing of God is going to fail. So I think of Romans 4.17. This is just such an awesome scripture, and I've just gone back to it so many times. It says, he's the one who gives life to the dead and calls into being the things that are not. He calls, his word calls into things that are not right now. He's good, his word is going to make it a thing. <laughs> he's going to make it a thing. All right, so you want a good outcome of your court case? He speaks the word, and that happens. The thing happens. He calls into being those things which be not as though they were. That's the God that we serve. And so none of his, so you start seeing these two statements kind of lining up with one another. God's word will never fail. If God says it, it's going to happen. All right. So we've got to get away from this. Oh, I'm trying to have faith. I'm trying to believe. No, God said it. He's sovereign. It's going to happen. So faith becomes a lot easier. It's the sovereign God speaking it, promising it. He's going to do it. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Get it? The sovereign God is speaking these things. So faith is just simply acknowledging he's sovereign and that his word is going to take place. Praise God. Now, let's go back to 
for nothing is impossible. What about the word impossible? There's no thing, and then there's this word impossible. How does that translate? In the Greek, it's, I, I can't speak Greek to save my life, but I'll try to say this one. It's uh, <laughs> adunateo, adunateo, okay, and that's, dunateo is, is the word, dyna, it comes, translates into our word of dynamite, like power, dynamite power, and A, if you put an A in front of it, it means anti dynamite anti-power no power in other words impossible it's impossible you say that's impossible it'll never happen that means there's no power to make it happen all right but it's saying here there's no thing impossible with God there's no thing that doesn't have dynamite power God's God's word when he speaks it comes with dynamite power so that it won't fail and so you know, the, the, the English word impossible is, is such a weak word. Because <laughs> I read this, no thing is impossible with God. Yeah, nothing, but is he going to do it? I know he's possible. That's that word possible. He says so weak. The word possible in the Greek is dynamite power. <laughs> and so here it comes into a lot more clarity that no word of God will ever fail because it comes with dynamite power behind it to accomplish whatever he says he's going to accomplish. No word, and, and that's what the Bible says, I send my word from heaven and it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent because it's coming with dynamite power. So what do we need to do? We've got to listen for the word of God. Speak, spend some quiet time saying, God, what do you have to say about this situation that I'm facing? What do you, that's what the Bible says, inquire of the Lord. Ask God. And the Bible says, ask and you will receive. So you ask God, he's going to send his word and it's going to come with dynamite power and it's going to accomplish the thing for which it was sent. No word from God will ever fail. It's incumbent on us just to hear it then because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of the rhema word of God. So what we, it's so simple Listen for the word of God. And when it's spoken, you know it's going to happen. That's why the centurion said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Amen. Amen. Spend time inquiring of the Lord. And so um, let's see. Let's just keep on moving along here. <laughs> what else? See, this is out of my journal, so I don't have it very well. Uh, oh, oh, check this out. The same statement written the same way is found in Matthew 17, 20. And this is when we can really get excited. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus replies, because you have so little faith. They were saying, why, why can't we do what you're doing? Truly, I tell you, if you have the faith, have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain. There's your spoken word. You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And there, here it goes. Nothing will be impossible for you. <laughs> we were just saying, nothing will be impossible for God. But this may, turns the statement around and says, if you believe in God's sovereignty, nothing will be impossible for you. Hey, if you hear a word of God, shout it from the mountaintops. The Bible talks, Jesus says, I'm going to whisper things in your ear. Get up, get up on the rooftops and announce it, declare it, proclaim it, 
because that word is going to come to pass because you've heard it from heaven. Does that mean I go out and speak whatever I think? No, no, I'm talking about hearing the word of God and then you declare it. You speak it. All right. Now, I'm, I'm positive without a shadow of a doubt that God wants to heal my shoulder. I'm speaking to my shoulder on behalf of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Let life come back into the shoulder. Let it regenerate it. Let it be every. You need to take your situations. Wait for the word of God to come to you and begin to declare it over your situation. I don't have any money. Praise God in the name of Jesus. Let the amount of finances that I need come to me. I declare the word of God of his provision over my life. All right. It says nothing will be impossible to you. Why? Because you have faith. Why do you have faith? You've heard the word of God. How have you heard the word of God? You spent time inquiring of the Lord and his sweet presence, his Holy Spirit comes and speaks peace into your life. If he tells you not to worry, then don't worry. That means something good's about to happen. He's about to take care of it. If he gives you peace, that's evidence his word is being spoken into whatever situation it is. Yes. There's a mustard seed that tiny is how much how big your faith needs to be right there. Right there. See that? All right. That's all it takes. And that comes only from hearing from God. You don't work up faith. You don't prove faith. You just sit. And as soon as you hear from God, faith will begin to spring up. Faith will begin to spring up. So Mary says in verse 38, I am the servant's Lord. Excuse me, I'm dyslexic here. I am the Lord's servant, she answers. May your word to me be fulfilled. She says, God, you're sovereign. You said it. <laughs> I just, it's going to happen. See, that's what faith is. We have thought for so long, I've thought for so long, you've got to work up faith and you've got to stay on your game, believing God. No, you've got to realize God is sovereign. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. That's faith in the sovereignty of God. So she receives it. She proves that she is highly favored. She says, let it be done unto your, your, the Lord's servant. And, uh, and that's what being highly favored is. Just, I, I, God, you said it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Now, let's go back to Zechariah early in that same chapter. And uh, not to knock poor Zechariah, because he's probably representative of me and you and all of us. <laughs> this is how we operate. But we need to be more, more along the lines of Mary. But the angel appears to him as well. There in verse 11 of chapter 1. standing He stands at the right side of the altar of incense. He was there as the doing his uh, uh, priestly, uh, selected as the priest to offer the, the sacrifice. This is a huge thing. Massive thing that he was the one selected to be in there in that huge temple coming in to offer the sacrifice. For some reason, I've always pictured him off in some little village, in some little synagogue. There, but that's not well. He was in Jerusalem. He was the guy offering the sacra, the annual sacrifice. There, just absolutely amazing. And a and an angel appears. He's gripped with fear. The angel says pretty much the same thing to him. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Listen to this. Your prayer has been answered. He had been asking God. For a son, apparently. 
how many times has God, we've, we pray and God answers us, and for some reason we just don't take it. We don't receive it. We don't believe it. It's too good to be true. Or, or we think, oh, that probably wasn't God. That was just happenstance. I've done that a million times as well. You're praying, you're praying, God happens, and then you say, was that God? <laughs> no, it was God. And even little things are God. The big things are God. We give him credit for everything. All right, and so he says, Your prayers have been answered. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. Many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. Again, he's probably going cross-eyed with all these promises. He's never to take wine or fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. Man, what a promise. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in, the, in the, the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What does Zechariah do? <laughs> he doesn't listen to the sovereign word of God. He, he just looks at himself, and that's the problem. That's why we doubt. We look at ourselves. Instead of keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the sovereign God of the universe, we look at ourselves. We look at our situation. We look at our past. We look at our failures. Crazy. So he says, uh, how can I be sure of this? Different from Mary's question. I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. I mean, oh, God help us. Faith comes from believing the sovereign word of God. Angel says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. This angel has come from heaven after standing in the throne room of God, seeing God, interacting God, receiving a message of, from God to give to, to Zechariah. And he says, you will not be able to speak. I've come here to tell you good news. You will be silent. You will not be able to speak until the day that it happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. The sovereign word of God. You take the promises of God and don't call them promises of God anymore. Call them the sovereign word of God because that's what they are. I think we've gotten too mealy-mouthed and, oh, the promises of God. Well, they are promises, no doubt. But you know what? They're the sovereign word of God. Psalms 91 is not a bunch of promises. It's the sovereign word of God to you. Receive it that way. Believe it that way. And don't go looking at someone else. Oh, they, God didn't protect them. Look, their kids died or this, that. Your experience is going to be different from other people's experience because you are highly favored. You are highly favored. Good things are going to happen to you, and you're going to wonder why that didn't happen. I don't know why it didn't happen to so-and-so. All I'm worried about is being highly favored of God for me. Amen? You worry about you. Your experience is going to be different from other people's. The devil will use that against you. It didn't happen to so-and-so. Don't look at so-and-so. Look at Jesus. He's got blessings for you, specifically for you. Don't limit your experience with God because of other people's experiences. That's a Man, that's a trick of the enemy. So meanwhile, the people are waiting out there. Zechariah comes out. He can't speak. Interestingly, I learned from, from Chaplain Lucetto, he couldn't hear either. And the, the story become, becomes fairly clear. He, he misses out on hearing his wife's praises. Can you imagine? They've been married all those years I'm sure she bawled her head off, crying year after year, no children, and then finally she's able to conceive, 
She gives praise to God, and Zechariah just sees her mouth moving. He missed out on incredible blessing because he didn't believe God's word was sovereign. That's what it boils down to. He didn't believe God. Word, he didn't believe God. That's, well, that's what faith is, is believing. The Bible says in Mark, uh, Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. What is that saying? Have faith that God is sovereign. Have faith that God is sovereign. And so Zechariah's negativity, his doubtful reaction, kept him from highly favored status. <laughs> I don't want to miss out on anything that God has for me. I see so many parallels between Gideon and Mary, by the way. I thought about this this week. Gideon, an angel appears to him, says, the Lord's with you. Mary, angel appears, the Lord is with you. You're highly favored. To Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. Open conversation with God. Gideon got to throw out fleeces. He asked for fire to pop out of nowhere. I mean, he, you know, open conversation with God. Then in both cases, the Spirit of God came upon them. And both of them, powerful fulfillment came to pass. Let me tell you what. When God whispers that he's with you and you don't feel him, just accept it. He's with me. I don't have to feel him. I don't have to. If you do that, you say, God is with me. God is with me. I focus on the yoke. The Holy Spirit is on me. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you will have plenty of feelings at that point in time. Not that we're looking for feelings or sensationalism, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will feel him. You will feel the presence of God. But first, walk in the reality, the Lord is with me. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He is with you, period. End of story. And I'll end with this. It's a parable in Matthew 22. And again, this is just as I was studying the Bible, just for my own self. Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. This is Matthew 22. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet. All right, and he tells them to come, but these people refused to come to the wedding. When he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatted cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Imagine big old thick steaks. Oh, man, incredible spread. Just, I mean, you've got to picture this stuff. This is a feast of feasts i talked to somebody at work and they went to they went to some steakhouse eight people spent a thousand dollars at the steakhouse all right it's one of those kind of feasts incredible spread of hors d'oeuvres and yummy taste why wouldn't you go well why don't we go to jesus he's got a feast spread for us every day of the week every day of the week but they paid no attention and went off, one to a field uh, for business. Uh, the rest, they treated him, seized his servants and mistreated and even killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. All right? Got upset. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. Now, nothing probably miffs my wife more than when she cooks a meal and you have to wait five minutes and the food gets cold. Now, she never, she's so sweet, she never says anything like that. But that's how this king feels. I've poured myself into this feast, 
Nobody's coming. So he says to his servants, it's ready. Those who inv I invited don't deserve to come. So go into the street. Go to the corners. Invite to the banquet anybody that you find. So that the servants went out into the streets, gathered all kinds of people that they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was full of guests. So at some point you just say, forget it. I don't care who comes. I'm going to invite anybody to come to my wedding feast. And so he invites everybody, both good and bad. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. See, at the entrance as they walked in, they gave him some special clothes to dress up for the wedding because he knew some of them were homeless. Some of them maybe had not showered. He said, here, let's, let's make sure everybody looks presentable. I'm giving you clothes. I'm going to wrap your ugliness in something beautiful. And so everybody, sure, I'll take, give me a feast plus clothes. Absolutely, I'm taking it all. I receive everything that you give me. But this one man got through and decided, I don't want those clothes. I just want the feast. <laughs> he said, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told his attendants, tie this man hand and foot and throw him outside into darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. And I want to tell you, God's offering his favor. He's offering the clothes to you to cover all the messes of your life, all the failures of my life, all the shortcomings, all the ugliness. He's saying, here's some clothes, just put them on. Clothe yourself with my righteousness. Clothe yourself with my grace. Stop trying to work so hard to prove yourself. Just take it. Let me tell you what. To get into heaven, you have to accept God's grace in your life. You've got to accept his love. You've got to accept his blessings. You've got to put it on. Because when we get to heaven, if we're not clothed with his grace, it says here, we'll be bound hand and foot, and thrown outside into darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, i.e. hell. <laughs> Accept the grace of God for yourself. It's free.